Okay, good morning. So we want to welcome those of you who are watching online for joining us this morning. We have a good group here uh, at church and we love having you joining us as well. And this morning we're going to continue. Last week we didn't have a sermon because last week uh, in worship God was just moving and talking to us and encouraging us. And so we let him do what he wants to do. Because the truth is that God is the boss. Anybody agree with that? Just a little. That God is the boss, okay? And this is his church. It's not our church. It's not my church. This is Jesus' church. And if the Holy Spirit wants to come in during a worship service and talk to people and encourage people and work on healing people's hearts and minds, we're going to let him do it, right? Yeah. Okay. But the week before that... We talked about, and you can find this online if you want, the week before that, we talked about in the mess. Anybody remember us talking about in the mess? And do you remember what one of Jesus' names is that we talked about? What? Emmanuel. Emmanuel. God is with us. And we talked about how every single human being is in a mess. You're in a mess caused either by your own poor choices or caused by someone else's poor choices. Okay? All you kids, you guys, the truth is some of your mess is because of the choices your parents have made. And no matter how wonderful your parents are, they've made messes and you're in that mess. But you're also in a mess because of the choices that you have made too. And all of us, every human being is in a mess that mess is what we call sin. It's from people's poor choices, people making selfish and prideful choices. And all of us, every human being on the face of this planet is in a mess. And I know sometimes, especially late at night in the dark when you're feeling very lonely and very scared, you can feel like your mess is worse than everybody else's. Or you may look at other people around you and say, wow, I wish I had their life. They don't have a mess. Mm -hmm. But that's not true. Everybody has a mess that they're in. And the good news is that Jesus came down and he didn't come. He doesn't come and say, hey, I'm, out, I'm outside here where it's all clean and pretty. Why don't you come out of your mess to me? Jesus doesn't do that because the truth is we can't come out of our mess by ourselves. We don't have the power. We're not smart enough. We're not good enough. We're not attractive enough. Not even me. We can't get out of our mess on our own. What the Bible tells us is that Jesus came down and he actually comes into our mess. And he stands next to us in our mess. And that is part of what it means that Jesus, one of Jesus' names is Emmanuel, God with us. So the truth is that late at night in the dark when you're feeling alone and scared in your mess, guess what? Jesus is right there with you. He comes into our mess. That's how much God loves you. That's how much God loves me. That he came from heaven and he comes down into my mess, which he doesn't deserve. Jesus didn't do anything bad. Jesus didn't make poor choices. He doesn't deserve the mess that my parents have made. He doesn't deserve the mess that I have made. But he loves me, so he comes down into my mess. That is pretty amazing. Can anybody agree with that? Yeah. That Jesus, who's perfect... And he lives in the presence of God with perfect love and perfect joy and perfect peace comes down into my mess. He comes into my storm. He comes into the consequences of my rebellion and sin. And he comes into the mess. But today we're going to talk about out of the mess. Two weeks ago, we talked about into the mess, and we talked about how God with us, Jesus, comes into our mess. Today, we're going to talk about out of the mess, because Jesus doesn't come to you to hang out in your mess. That's not why he came. Jesus comes to take us 
out of our mess. Jesus comes down into our mess with us, and sometimes the mess is all the way up to our neck. Have any of you guys ever been in a mess that was all the way up to your neck? Either because of your own choices or the choices of people around you, you've been in a mess all the way up to your neck. Jesus comes down into that mess, but then he goes like this. Why? Because Jesus wants to take us out of the mess. So how do we take his hand? How do we get out of our mess and let him help us get out of the mess? The first thing that we need to understand is that the mess, the cause of the mess, is that God is not in our lives. That's how our lives become a mess. Because we're making choices, we're trying to figure out, figure it out, we're trying to do things in our own brains, and our own strength, and God's not there living with us, and that's where the mess comes from. And so God comes into the mess. The truth is that you and I were designed to be in relationship with God. We were designed to be in relationship with God. How many of you guys have ever used Apple products? Have you ever tried to use an Apple product with a Windows product? (laughs) And wrestled with it and fought with it and tried to get it to work. It doesn't work well because Apple is designed to work with Apple. And Windows is designed to work with Windows. The two aren't designed to work together. And so when they're not, when you're trying to get them to work together, it doesn't work well. Well, you know what? You were designed. You were designed to be in relationship, to live your life with God. It's how you were designed. And when we aren't living our life with God, our life becomes more and more and more and more of a mess. And it causes a mess for all the people around us. And when Jesus came down to the earth, I want to make something very clear. Jesus did not come to earth so that you could go to heaven. And I've actually heard preachers, that's what they preach, that Jesus died on the cross so you can go to heaven. And that is not what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us that Jesus died to pay for our mess so that we can be in relationship with God. That's what Jesus died and rose from the dead to accomplish. He came and paid the price for your sin and your mess so that you could be in relationship with God. Okay? And guess what happens when your body quits working? Well, you go to be with Him because you're already in relationship with him. Do you understand the difference? So Jesus didn't die so that you can go to heaven when you die. Jesus died so that you can be in relationship with him now. And then when your body dies, you go and be with him because you're already in relationship with him. Do you understand the difference? So Jesus comes to take us out of our mess. Jesus comes to start cleaning up the mess. A lot of people, though... Yes, Rachel? I I said your name. (laughs) You did. I just got a message that I feel like I need to share. Okay. Um, So I just wrote down, if God created essentially every piece on every feather, on every wing, on every bird, then surely he knows how to create beauty. Yes, he does. I just felt like someone needed to hear that. And he made you. (laughs) And you are beautiful. You're in a mess, but you are beautiful. And he comes to take you out of that mess. So there are a lot of people, and I know some of them, who think that Jesus comes to be with you in your mess and somehow put his blessing on your mess. That he comes down into the mess of your life and he doesn't want to change anything. He just wants to put his blessing on your mess on the way you live your life, on your life choices, on your rebellion, on your sin, that God just wants to bless you. And a lot of people, that whole idea of Jesus died so that I can go to heaven 
If that's all that you ever do, then you have this idea that somehow you're in a mess, your life is a mess, but you accept Jesus and he comes down and puts a stamp of approval on it and that's it. Now you have your ticket to heaven, it's all good. And that is not true. Jesus came down to change things. Jesus came down to make a difference. Turn with me to Matthew 10, starting in verse 34. And as always, I ask you to flip or click over to the scripture to make sure that what I'm saying is really what the Bible says. Matthew chapter 10, starting in verse 34. We know that Jesus came down to be God with us. Yes? It's just a question. You say that, because what I read and what I heard, you said that we can get saved and we can live any way we want to. Is that what you said? No. Some people people think that. Some people think... I'm trying to follow you there. No problem. Always ask. No problem. Some people think that they ask Jesus to be their savior and then they can just go on living however they want. But Jesus said he came to make changes. So look at Matthew 10, starting in verse 34. Jesus said, do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. Did Jesus come to bring peace? Yes, Yes, but he came to bring peace to us, to our hearts, to our mess. Okay. He says, do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Why? What's going to cause this conflict? Look at verse 37. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Because whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Wait a second. Jesus comes into the world. He comes into our mess. And we're supposed to expect there to be conflict? Yeah. Why is that? Because some people will choose to follow him And some people will choose to stay in their mess. And when people choose to stay in their mess and other people choose to follow Jesus, guess what? It causes, there's a difference of direction. It causes conflict. Nathan? Uh, I I was watching the show and this guy said that Jesus came down to cause division. Yes. Yes, and the reason why families get divided is because some people choose to go out of their mess and follow Jesus, and some people choose to stay in their mess. That's what causes the conflict. (coughs) Jesus doesn't expect everything in your life to stay the same. He does not expect you to stay in your mess. Jesus says, verse 38, look at that again. It says, whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. So we have a lot of people who think that Jesus comes down and comes into your mess and then you accept him as your savior and then you just keep living your life the same way you did. But that's not the way it works. Jesus came and he comes into our mess and he holds out his hand and he says, come with me. Follow me. Remember what causes your mess? It's when God is not part of your life. Jesus says, did you know, I just thought of this. Did you know that Jesus didn't come to be in your life? Jesus came to invite you into his life. Does that help explain it a little bit? Jesus doesn't come down into your messy life to suddenly be a part of your messy life. Jesus comes down into our mess to invite us to be a part of his eternal life, to be a part of his kingdom life. Does that make sense? 
And so when people want to stay in control and stay living in their own messy lives, Jesus comes down and says, come with me. Let's go live my life together. Not me coming into your life and somehow making your mess okay. Because your mess is not okay. Somebody needs to hear this. So everybody pay really close attention. The mess that your life is in is not okay. And the people, because some of you, and there are people listening to me online too, your mess was not all your fault. It was because of the, the bad choices that other people made helped make your mess, and it is not okay. Your mess is not okay. Jesus is not going to come down and say, well, I bless your mess, because it's not okay. What those people did to you was wrong. And part of your mess is because of the choices you made, and that's not okay either. Those choices that you made were wrong. But Jesus wants to come down and take your hand, take you out of your mess, and lead you into his life. And for us, especially if we've been the victims of abuse or the victims of other people's wrong choices, it is wrong for us to stay in that mess. Katie? may not have been your fault, mm -hmm. but it is now your responsibility. Yes. It may not be your fault, the mess that you're in. But now that Jesus has come and holds out his hand to you, it is your responsibility whether you stay in the mess or whether you take his hand. Does that make sense? Because Jesus is not going to come down and somehow put his seal of, of approval on the mess that was caused by people's sinful choices. He's not going to do that. That's not okay. What Jesus wants to do is take your hand and pull you out of the mess. And he says, whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. What does taking your cross mean? It means that you take Jesus' hand and you go live the life that he is living. You identify yourself with Jesus and you die to your own mess. You die to your old life. Yes? When I think this might help people. One of the things when I first got saved, I asked God, why weren't you there? And all this stuff. He says, I was there, but you never asked me. And since you didn't ask me, how can I help you? And you were too focused on people. That's how you got hurt. Yes. I can't explain what I'm trying to no, say. No, I understand what you're saying. Jesus comes down and stands next to us and put out, puts out his hand, but we have to reach up and take his hand. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't. A lot of people, because they're angry, because <laughs> they're hurt, because they're bitter, will actually turn away from his hand and choose their mess. The problem is that the mess that you are in is toxic. It is poison. It is killing you. The, the mess that is a result of your sinful choices and the result of the choices of others is killing you. It's killing your heart. It's killing your mind. It's killing your body. And Jesus will not bless you staying in your mess. He says, whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. He's saying, take my hand, come out of your mess, leave your life behind, and come live my life. What does that mean, that we quit our jobs? No. But you know what? When we go to work, we think to ourselves and we pray, Jesus, how would you do this job if this was your job? Then help me, help me do my job that way. So when we take Jesus' hand, do we, leave our, do we leave our marriages? No. Do we leave our relationships with people? No. But what we do is we say, okay, Jesus, how would you be a brother or sister to my sibling? How would you be a spouse to my spouse? Does that make sense? How would you be, a, if you lived in my house, Jesus, what kind of neighbor would you be to my neighbors? Now give me the power to be like that. Does that make sense? 
So what we're doing is we leave behind our lives and we go and live Jesus' life where we are. Okay? We deny ourselves and we take up our cross and we follow. This inviting Jesus to be your Savior is not a one-time deal. It's not like a ticket. Okay? Um, Joy and I bought plane tickets for a trip we're taking this summer. Okay? So we bought plane tickets... But guess what? Those plane tickets are just going to sit on the computer until we get to the time when it's time to go. Does that make sense? Okay. Asking Jesus to be your Savior is not like a plane ticket. It's not something that you, okay, Jesus, please be my Savior. Okay, someday I'll go to heaven. When you ask Jesus into your life, the truth is what you're doing is you're accepting his invitation into his life. And that starts right now. That starts right now. So when you, in, when you receive Jesus' invitation to walk out his life where you are, that means you should be different tomorrow than you were today. Does that make sense? And the reason why division comes because of Jesus is some people choose to take his hand and journey in his life and some people choose to stay in his mess, or in their mess. And they think he is going to bless their mess. Please listen to me. He's not going to bless your mess. That's not what Jesus does. Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. I had all these notes ready for last week, and I didn't preach it last week. And then I think it was Wednesday morning. God talks to me sometimes as I'm waking up. And Wednesday morning, God was talking to me about this message about coming out of our mess. And he reminded me of a great old song that we don't sing anymore and we should. Sometimes I think we should. And it goes like this. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. And what you hear often in the church in America today is that God loves you so much that Jesus comes down to live with you in your mess. Mm -hmm. And that's not true. Yes? I've heard it described as the divine spackle that just fills in all the cracks and you don't have to worry about sin anymore. Yeah, that Jesus is just going to come into your falling down shack of a life that you have and he's not going to repair anything, he's just going to cover it. And you still live in this shack. But Jesus is just going to cover it and make it look prettier. And that's not what he came for. He came to take you out of your shack and live with him. And we follow him and we don't turn back. But listen to me. People all around you who call themselves Christians, a lot of them really aren't. They think they're Christians. But they don't realize that Becoming a Christian means you decide to follow Jesus and you don't turn back. And when you decide to follow Jesus, all of those people who want to stay in their little torn down shack, you're going to have conflict with them. Because they're going to say, no, come live in a shack with me. And you're going to say, oh no, I'm following Jesus. That's why the next verse of the song says, Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back, no turning back. And until those other people in your life realize that the call of Jesus is to leave your mess and learn to walk in his life into health, 
you will have conflict with those people. Until people realize that following Jesus means you die to your anger, you die to your bitterness, you take what all those people did to you and you nail it on a cross and you don't hold on to it anymore until they realize that when you follow Jesus, there's going to be conflict. It's going to pull you apart. It's going to separate you out. Mark, uh, Matthew 4.10. Matthew chapter 4, verse 10. Jesus had gone into the wilderness and he was tempted for 40 days by the devil. He resisted the devil's temptation by using the scripture. And at the end of that time, it says he came back out of the desert. And then Matthew 4, verse 10 says, From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That means you can reach out and take it. But what does Jesus say? He says, repent, turn away from your old life. Leave your old life behind and take his hand. Yes. That's 4 verse 17. Oh, sorry. 4 verse 17. That is correct. I had it 10 at one place and 17 at the other. It is 417. But listen, repentance is required. You know what that means? That means that Jesus comes down into our mess. He is God with us. He holds out his hand. You know what repentance means? It's, repentance means that in my brain I say, my mess stinks. My mess is horrible. My mess is not fun. It's not healthy. I don't want it anymore. And you reach out and you take Jesus' hand and you follow him as he takes you out of your mess. That's what repentance is. You leave your mess and you leave all the choices that you made that caused that mess to be there. Yes? Repentance literally means to turn around. Yes, mm -hmm. it does. It means to change your mind. Yes? I think I shared this with you or I shared it with somebody we were talking about this. We can, I, I don't want to confuse, we can, out of obligation do this because we see it but until we really understand how much God loves us yes it's very hard to walk away from our mess yes as it we is. call it once you understand that it makes it I know it made it for me made it much easier yeah does that make sense yes it does and that's one of the reasons why you have to realize and acknowledge how horrible your mess is that Jesus would actually love you enough to come down into your mess to take you out. But you have to acknowledge in your brain that my life is a mess. Some of it is my fault, and I don't want the mess anymore. So 2 Corinthians 5, starting in verse 14, we're going to read a couple of passages here in Paul's letters to the Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 5, starting in verse 14, it says... For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And listen to me. There are people all around us who call themselves Christians and they're still living in the old. They're still living in their mess and they're thinking that Jesus is blessing their mess. Well, I'm still going to sleep around. I'm still going to, you know, do all the foolish choices. I'm still going to lie. I'm still going to cheat. I'm still going to be selfish. But now I'm a Christian. So Jesus has put his little blessing stamp on my selfish choices. And that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that we die to that old life. 
Because Jesus died for us, we die to that old life. We die to those selfish choices. We say, this mess stinks. I don't want it anymore. And we take Jesus' hand and we follow him out of it. And the old is passed away and we become a new creation. So we don't behave the way we did before. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. So go left, one book. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 9. Paul is talking about this very thing. He's talking about people who choose to still live in their old ways and people who choose to follow Jesus out of their mess. Starting in verse 9, it says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit, swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you've been washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. So what happens is Jesus comes in our mess, but he doesn't come to stay there with us in the mess. He comes to offer his hand so that we can get out of the mess. Jesus does not bless your mess. If you don't hear anything else from me today, please hear this. Jesus did not come to bless your mess. If we continue to live in selfishness, our lives will continue to be a mess. That, honestly, is not being a Christian. And the truth is that there are many scriptures that indicate that if you don't walk away from the mess of your sin, you aren't really saved. There are many scriptures that talk about that. Jesus is not going to come and bless your mess and then someday take you to heaven. That's not the way it works. But at the same time, he is compassionate and forgiving and knows that we are prone to mess up. Yes. And so if your heart is in the right place and you are following Jesus, there is grace and compassion mm -hmm. and there's empathy for the hurt that other people caused you. Yes. But he did not come for you to stay where you're at. He came to lead you out. He came to lead you out. Jesus came to bring us new life. Our mess is death. And Jesus came to bring us new life. Jesus said uh, in John 10, starting in verse 9. John 10. In verse 9, Jesus said, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. Jesus comes to take us out of our mess, out of the death mess, and give us life. Jesus came to make a difference. Jesus came that our lives would change, that we would repent and go a new direction. Jesus came to take us out of our mess and heal us from the effects of the mess. Turn to Luke chapter 4, starting in verse 16. Luke 4, starting in verse 16, says, And he came to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up, and as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Okay? So that's Jesus coming into our mess. All right? And, and this poverty isn't talking just about money. Does everybody realize that? This poverty is talking about you're outside of the kingdom of God, so you're poor. 
You are poor in sin. You are poor in understanding. You are poor and bound and enslaved to sin. Okay? And it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. So that verse is talking about Him coming down from heaven and coming down into our mess and proclaiming good news. And then it says, He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. Now, if I walk into a jail and I walk up to the door and I unlock the door and hold it open and say, you're free, you can be free now. But the person just sits there in the jail cell, are they free? No. You know what's really sad? Now they're a prisoner of themselves. Now they're a prisoner of themselves. See, you've been hurt by people, and so have I. But Jesus has come and opened the prison door to set us free from our hurt. If we choose to sit in the hurt, now who is holding us as captives? We are. It's no longer the fault of the people that hurt us. It's not their fault anymore. If we choose to sit in the anger and the hurt and the wounding and the bitterness, now it's my fault that I'm sitting in the mess. And Jesus has unlocked the door for every single human being. He died for the sins of the whole world. Now we have to choose. See, we can stand before God and say, well, God, my life is a mess because my parents did this or my uncle did that. And Jesus is going to say, yeah, but I opened that door. I cut those ropes. I set you free from that. Did you choose to walk out of it or did you choose to stay in it? That's my responsibility, like Katie was saying earlier. Jesus has come to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus does not come just to say you're free. Jesus comes to set you free. Jesus doesn't come just to say, oh, your poor broken heart. That's so sad. He does say that. But he says, come with me and I will bind up your broken heart. I will heal you. Come with me out of the mess. And this requires a response from us. It requires a response from us. Jesus comes down into our mess. He says, I love you. I know your life is a mess. I know that, but I love you. I've paid the price for your mess. Take my hand. And we choose whether or not we're going to take his hand. Now listen, when you decide to follow Jesus, this happens over and over and over and over again throughout your life. Because not only does he want to take you out of the mess from what you've done before now, he wants to pull you out of any messes you get into in the future too. Because guess what? If you're following Jesus, there's still going to be people who are going to abuse you. Hopefully you will be safe from physical abuse, but there will still be people who will not treat you nicely. There will still be people who will try to steal from you and cheat you. Yes. Some people will even try to abuse you specifically because you were following Jesus. Yes. And Jesus is going to come down into that mess with you because you're walking with him and he's going to hold out his hand to pull you out again. But we have to choose to accept that invitation to come out of our mess. Many people act as though salvation is when Jesus comes into your mess. That is not salvation. The truth is, honestly, that Jesus is standing next to every human being in their mess. In Revelation it says, and Ben and I have talked about this verse, 
In Revelation, Jesus says, I stand at your door. I'm standing at your door. I'm knocking. Open the door and let me in. That, so Jesus coming down into your mess is not salvation. Salvation is when you say, you know what? This mess stinks. I don't want to live here anymore. This shack is horrible. The wind blows through it. The rain comes through the roof. This is a horrible place to live. I want to go live my life with Jesus. That's what salvation is, is when you take his hand and he pulls you out and you begin to walk with him out of the mess. Yes. Part of I gotta be careful here. Part of that salvation is on Jesus. You also have to be willing to be vulnerable and get help when you need it. Yes. Because Paul says no one should be a lone ranger. Right. It doesn't mean just like I am with you. I don't I mean I'm open, I don't care what you Right. And that's and I see Christians who try to do this all on their own and they're all over the floor in their mess because they're so afraid. Well, Tony may not like me, so I'm just going to shut up and and, right. and Paul, that, Paul tells us that we are to walk with each other. Yes, because when Jesus takes you out of your mess, guess what? You join a family. Yeah. You join a family. You join his family. And the scriptures talk about one of the ways that you come out of the mess is by supporting each other and, and taking care of each other. So yes, that's absolutely true. But salvation is not Jesus coming into your mess. Salvation is when you reach out and take his hand and you decide to follow him. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. This is not a one-time deal. This is a new life. This is not a ticket that you buy for someday. This is a rope that pulls you out right now and you continue to follow him. There was an old Jewish saying, um, rabbis, teachers, would choose disciples. And there was an old Jewish saying and it said, may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. May you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. And that was a picture that when a rabbi chooses you, a teacher chooses you to be the disciple, that you follow him so closely that the dust off his feet gets on you. And that's the picture of what salvation is. Salvation is you start following Jesus so closely that whatever Jesus has gets on you. Sometimes... Sometimes that means that people are going to treat you badly because what Jesus has gets on you and they're angry at God. Yes. Sometimes that means that you get healing because that's what Jesus has. Sometimes it, it means you get provision because that's what Jesus has. Sometimes it's the peace, it's the joy of the Lord in the Holy Spirit is what you get. But you know what? Sometimes it means that you get treated poorly because some of Jesus' reputation gets on you. But I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Your heart contains layers of hurt and wounding and rebellion. And the life of following Jesus is one of continually repenting from those old ways. Continually changing your mind. Continually coming back to him. And as you follow Jesus, you may stumble and fall. Guess what? Jesus waits. Because he loves you. He also helps you up. That's, what I, that's the very next thing I was going to say. Thank you. She's, she's been listening to me teach her whole life. So she, she thinks the same direction that I do. He's going to stop and wait, and he's going to have his hand out just like this the whole time, waiting for you to reach up and take his hand to pull you back out of this new mess. But that is part of the Christian walk. It's a continual life of following Jesus, continually reaching up and taking his hand, mm -hmm. continually being brought into more and more freedom and health. And his hand is open. It's not a closed mm -hmm. fist. Yes. He's not ready to beat you down forever. Yes. Then what does Paul mean when he says, should we, should we continue to sin more for grace may abound, God forbid? 
What is he? So what? I, I, I know you're not saying this just for each and grace. I know you're not saying that. Right. But what does Paul mean by that when he says, should we continue to grow? There were, there were some people in the church at that time that said, well, we want as much of the grace of God as we can get, so sh we should just keep sinning so we can get more and more grace. But that's not, Paul's saying, that's not what I'm saying. Okay, sorry. Because, yeah, no problem. Grace is not just the power that pulls you out of sin. Grace is the power that helps you live like Jesus every day. So you cannot make mistakes and still get the grace of God. Does that make sense? So, like, when I wake up in the morning, I'll tell you what, most mornings, the first five minutes of my day are the most righteous five minutes of the whole day. You know why? Because I haven't had a chance to mess up yet. <laughs> but when I get up in the morning and I say, Jesus, will you help me know how you would do my job if you were in my place? And then we go out to do that, to do our job like that. Guess what? His grace is coming through us. You don't have to have sin in order to get grace. His grace is coming through us all the time. But being a Christian and following Jesus is that Jesus is pulling us out of our mess layer by layer, healing by healing, knowing him more, making us more and more like him. So our self-check for this week. What is your expectation of being a Christian? Is there some area of your life where you've just given up and said, you know what? That part of my heart, that part of my mind, that's going to be a mess and there's nothing I can do about it. And Jesus is just going to have to come and tell, it, tell me it's okay. I know some people that that's their, that's their attitude about their whole lives. Well, Jesus is just going to come. Like I said, he's just going to stamp my mess and say it's okay and someday I'll go to heaven. That is not the Christian life. We take up our cross and we follow him and we don't turn back. Your mess is killing you. There's people that need to hear this right now. The mess of your sin, the mess of the sin of people around you, maybe it was your parents, maybe it was another relative, maybe it was somebody else in your life, and their sin has put you in a mess. Please, please hear me. That mess is killing you. It's poisoning you. It's poisoning your relationships. It's poisoning you and stealing your joy and your peace. That mess is poisoning you. And Jesus is God with us. He's standing next to you in that mess, holding out his hand saying, Come with me. I have a better life for you than what you're in now. But we have to choose in our head that the anger and the bitterness and the hurt that we're holding on to is not good and we don't want it anymore. We have to repent and we repent first here in our brains. We say this anger that I have toward whoever it is, this bitterness that I have toward that church that hurt me, this fear that I'm holding on to because that's become my identity, it's not good. It's not healthy. I don't want it anymore. Jesus, help me! That's step number one. And then you reach out and take his hand, and he begins to lead you in his life in your place. Jesus... As a pastor, I am sick and tired mm. of seeing people living in their mess and pretending like, oh, this is just okay. This is just the way it has to be. No, that's not what the Bible promises. The Bible promises that you will bind up the brokenhearted, that you will set captives free. Oh God, would you please, by your Holy Spirit, talk to your people. Everyone who's hearing my voice, 
Let them hear the call of the Holy Spirit saying, take my hand. Don't just live in the mess anymore. It's not what you were designed for. It's not the purpose that I have for you. God, if nothing else, let this message open people's eyes to see that their mess is not what you have for them. And it's not okay. God, let us repent of our mess. Sometimes the mess is caused by other people, but God, we are in sin if we hold on to that mess. Let us repent of holding on to the mess. Let us take your hand and let us walk out of it into your life. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So, of course, if anybody wants to talk to me about this further, absolutely please let me know. I can tell you that I know lots of people, and I'm one, that God has led us out of messes. And he still does all the time. There is hope for you. Please, 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 don't just have a little hobo camp in your mess and pretend like that's good enough or that's the best you'll ever have. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Jesus loves you and he has provided everything you need for life and godliness. Yes. And you can find help and get out of your mess with the help of the Holy Spirit and with the help of the body of Christ. Don't live there anymore. Be free. Be free. So for those of you who are joining us online, thank you for joining us. Um, I hope you found this uh, encouraging. Honestly, I hope there's people out there who've been living in their mess thinking that God is just going to bless it and that you've been challenged, that you need to check up because the way you're living your life is not what the Bible describes. Mm -hmm. So hopefully there's people out there who've been challenged. Give up on your mess. Turn to Jesus and walk into new life in Jesus' name. So thank you for joining us. And uh, we believe in you, but mostly we believe in Jesus in you. And we'll see you next week.